I put down the Avatar trailer just because I watched it, but I mean, I don't have anything else to say. Is it like the I feel like the Last Airbender? Yeah, yeah, I knew they're doing like a human cast, right, or live action. Yeah, it's they're doing like a Netflix show. Yeah, and it it looks visually like the like the show, but beyond that, very uh, it's it's just another thing where you know they release a trailer. They got stuff that looks like the show, and people are losing their minds. So, but then it's like just that's wa- all it needs to be. Watch the watch the show then. Watch the cartoon. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's 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 what I'm thinking. Like <laughs> it, it. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show before, but like it just seems so pointless to me. Like the show is. I don't think you can really improve on the show other than like if the one thing I would say is like the animation could be, could be nicer in some points. Like it's a little dated, but you know, as far as like the storytelling and sure all that stuff, you can't really improve on it. So what are you going to do? Just do the exact same thing, but live action. I'm not interested. Yeah. (laughs) But also the, the creators of the, of the sh- like the original creators of the cartoon, uh, backed out, and out of due to uh like creative differences, and that's not a good sign. That does not bode well. Well, there's that, and then uh, so up uh, uh, Nintendo baffles me sometimes with how the how they mm-hmm. operate because mm-hmm. uh I feel like I have seen like Zelda movie in the works Zelda movie project zelda like i i feel like it's like facebook bait with like articles that have like maybe two sentences of something that's based in reality and the rest is just massive speculation and Mm -hmm. nintendo i guess just very casually responded to a tweet and i think it said it's like this is miyamoto we've been working on a zelda movie but it was like it was entirely in, in Japanese too. Like it wasn't even like through any sort of English channel whatsoever. Just they said it in a reply to a tweet that they, like, oh yeah, by the way, and people are like freaking oh, out. Okay. Like as far from what I've gathered, yeah, that that's how it went down. Nintendo tweeted so, like the Japanese Nintendo Twitter that's account funny. tweeted something, and then they replied to their own tweet, and then it was like, this is Miyamoto-san. Like I've produced many movies or something like that. And the Zelda, basically just very casually announced that there was a Zelda movie coming out, which is very on brand for Nintendo to like have no fanfare whatsoever for that kind of shit. Like I feel like I feel <laughs> yeah. like a couple of years ago in a Nintendo di- uh, Nintendo Direct, they like casually announced that there's gonna there was gonna be like a new Pokemon game for like a home console, and everyone was like, "What? Like this is the first time there's been a Pokemon game that's not a handheld." And they were just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, by the way, like that this is coming out. And people were like freaking yeah. out about it. So they, that, that's what I thought of when with this announcement where they just said it like it was no big deal. But uh, this article on Rolling Stone that I'm looking at, uh, I guess there are some red flags for this uh, upcoming project. Like the fact that it's live action, the fact that they're doing it. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be directed by the guy who did Morbius. Oh, yeah. No, no, I saw, um, not Morbius. I saw, or maybe I'm thinking of a different thing, but, uh, 
I thought it was like the Maze Runner movies. Of Avi Arad. That's the producer. Oh. He's, he's a producer. Wes yeah. Ball. Okay, Wes Ball is the director. Yes. Yeah, and that's the guy. Like, all he's done is the... Yeah, I think all he has credited as director is the Maze Runner movies, and he's doing an upcoming uh, Planet, Planet of the, of the Apes, Apes movie. movie. <laughs> and then, well, there's some oh short films, yeah. So just the Maze Runner movies, like generic <laughs> YA novel, like yeah, yeah uh-huh. doesn't sound great. <laughs> um, and then it's like, how do you cast any of these characters? How do you mm-hmm. how do you do you make the decision to make Link talk? Do you keep him silent? Like, how true to the games? What game do you base it off of? Do you try and just implement elements of all of the games? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it just this just seems like the the unadaptable game series into a movie. Yeah, I th- I think you gotta go. I think you gotta like not adapt any single game. I th- I think if you're if they're doing it, then you just d- do an original thing with Zelda, Link, Ganondorf. You know, sen- I mean there's plenty of central like motifs and themes yeah. that pop up in the games even if they're not directly Yeah, you, you know, can have Goron City, you can related. have like Zora's right. domain, you can have all mm-hmm. these loca- you know, kind of like kind of like how some of the Zelda games are. It's it's like kind of a story that isn't you gotta you gotta collect these things to go to another mm-hmm. place. That's I mean, really, if you break it down, that's, that's kind of what a lot of those stories yeah. are. So it would not be hard to just create something new, but also yeah, incorporate elements. Oh, here's Skull Kid, and he's wearing Majora's mask or something like just like mm-hmm. these sort of like little nods and references, but not like directly adapting one particular thing. I think you have to yeah. go with like a new kid for link i think it can't be anyone like established i i agree yeah it should be like like kids Mm -hmm. and yeah undiscovered i want to see dave batista as a goron though i think he would be (laughs) perfect as like darunia or something like that or or ganondorf or ganondorf yeah that too yeah i wonder if they would go with the rock because the rock is has that sort of complexion too no, oh, what are you saying? Sounds... I'm just because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, the, the like the Gerudo are like Middle Eastern coded, and I would say the Rock yeah, kind of has I like mean, a darker yeah, complexion. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll say that won't happen because the Rock does not play villains. I don't. I don't oh, remember if that's like hard yeah. written in his contract. And he doesn't but lose like, fights. Right. Yeah. Like every time he plays like an antagonist or whatever. Like in Fast Five or whatever, he eventually like becomes a good guy. Which I mean, I guess in that is they're criminals, but you know he's on the he's the good guy in you know the movie's viewpoint or whatever. Right. Or like when he did a Black Adam, that DC Comics movie. Mm. I didn't see it, but I am aware. I know that uh, Black Adam is a villain. That's a that's a bad guy character. He's is a uh, Shazam's like opposite. Mm. He's a hero in that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is I don't that know. is it because I'm, Rock... sh- I'm sure there's probably I'm sure there's probably some like comic fanboys who'll be like, um, actually, 
recently in an in an arc they did and it's like well if they did do that it's because they were going to make a movie where there he's a good guy so, yeah and and yeah. and they really they really need the rock for this we really need that star mm-hmm. power yeah do you think do you think it's like uh he, he wants to be a good role model for kids so he doesn't want to be a villain uh, I wonder if that's what he says, but really he just has a little fragile ego that he can't be the villain. I I, th- I think I think that's it, <laughs> which is so ridiculous because he he always played a heel in, in the WWE and he's great. He's he's so yeah. much fun in the, in those that that era of of wrestling <laughs> uh, as, <laughs> as that. Like you know, as the Rock, the that like braggadocious asshole who calls yeah. everyone a jabroni and uh, yeah, puts what, the like the pre-fight interviewers in like headlocks because they like <laughs> said something funny or whatever. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things in the world is uh is this the this clip from uh I don't know it's it's from one of his WWE events. But mm-hmm. uh, pe- people use it on Twitter all the time as like a, a sort of reply. It's this little five second video, but it's just the rock with a microphone. And he just says, shut up, bitch. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then yeah. like the crowd goes, whoa, whoa. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things of all time. Shut now, up, bitch. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh. the rock would never use language mm-hmm. like that he's too good of a guy wayne now. johnson wouldn't yeah he, yeah yeah he's like that's that's behind me yeah yeah oh speaking <laughs> speaking of zelda adaptations you know the zelda cd games mm-hmm. like the philip cdi games yeah, yeah uh this this showed up on my uh youtube recommended god knows why but it is a 81 hour long YouTube video and it is one of the CG like uh, shopkeeps that you run into. His name's mm-hmm. Morshu. He's got like a green hat okay. and like and like an orange like vest. He's if you know what it looks like, I'll, I'll send it to you. But okay, he has two lines of dialogue in uh-huh. in like the, the Zelda game <laughs> okay. and someone from those two lines of dialogue got him to read the entire oh, Bible. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. The, entire, <laughs> the entire... But if you but if you click on it, it sounds very like... And, 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 like, you can make out the words, but it's like, it's entirely generated from two lines of dialogue he had in this Zelda game. And it's like... Oh, when, this isn't like... Like they made an, a whole voice out of it. This is like old school, like YTP, where you literally just chop and splice. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It's eighty-one hours long. Holy fucking shit! Revelation chapter. <laughs> it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Especially because, like, I think each syllable is associated with like a movement. So he's just like, "In the this is the revelation yeah. of Jesus Christ." Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 this is one adaptation of Zelda that's uh, 
pretty interesting. Yeah, that guy better make a better make an appearance. <laughs> I I I feel like they'll they'll do some lame like cheek like oh no the CGI games <laughs> they'll do some sort of like I could eat an octorock. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or he does the like like the bomb shield and he just goes whoosh. like I think there's like What's an anim- there's an animation where he like throws a bomb and bounces off kind of like Breath of the Wild actually. Like oh, riding okay. your that's shield. what I was thinking of. But yeah. I think there's an actual. But he like flies off like a jetliner when he does it. Oh, okay, that's funny. <laughs> Travis played through them like earlier this year. He said, "I think he said like they're like not good, but they're also not like the like abs total like ass cancer that people say they are." Yeah, that they're just like you know old point and click. Yeah, style it's just, yeah. games. Or there's, I don't know, he, he might as, like, they're, uh, like, below average, I think was kind of what he said, but just not necessarily as bad as they're... Yeah, it's, there are a lot of bad platforms to the point where, like, this is not uniquely bad. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's a shitload of games that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Ladies and gents, to There Will Be Duds, this is episode 125 of There Will Be Duds, and I am your co-host, TJ. And with me, as always... As always, I am Nick. And this is (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Uh, uh, I usually have something to say, and I didn't this time. And we sat in it. And as as always, we watched a movie. That movie being The Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993, directed by Henry Selick. It follows Jack the Pumpkin King, kind of the the main the main man for for Halloween and Halloween Town. Uh, as he's he's facing a kind of crisis where he's he's tired of. The same old thing, uh, scaring people every year. And he wants to do something else. He discovers uh, another holiday called Christmas, and decides that he wants to incorporate that in. But um, faces some confusion along the way, misunderstandings. Follows a few other characters in in Halloween Town too. There's a lot of threads for a, for a short little movie. There's there's a lot of things going on. Um, and it's also a musical, stop motion animated. It's kind of considered a cult classic, and it is not directed by Tim Burton. Want to make that clear? Yes. <laughs> Even though it, it like it opens with Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yeah, man, he knew what he was doing there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the Wikipedia, he does say that he makes a special emphasis to say that it is directed by Henry Selick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he he kind of feels bad that it's, like, forgotten uh, as a Henry Selick movie. Yeah. But but also, like, yeah, it there's Tim Burton's apostrophe S, which implies ownership. Like, it's all over the place. But it is just because it was his original story, yeah. and, like, so yeah. it's, you know... At least he wasn't like just a producer and right. like no I I put my name on it. He did have you know a creative 
yeah in, input for it but usually that's reserved for the director so yeah <laughs> yeah this is our uh thanksgiving movie just uh i i watch it every thanksgiving or around thereabouts yeah mostly because like that's when it takes place you know it's it's it starts in halloween ends in christmas so it is a to me a thanksgiving harvest time type yeah. movie you said that this is like a thanksgiving movie is it because it sort of transitions between the two holidays like it goes yeah. from halloween yeah to that's Christmas. What okay I was, yeah that's why i was just saying that like yeah it's it's a begins in halloween and ends at christmas so the bulk of it is you know and the in between so yeah that is true and, not specifically uh, thanksgiving the holiday obviously right but yeah because there is a time, door with a turkey on it so i would be curious what thanksgiving yeah. town would be like they're all just 600 pounds because they all just keep yeah. eating like stuffing <laughs> and mashed potatoes and pies because it's like yeah halloween it's got some you know cultural basis you know it's it's a holiday christmas it's got a but like thanksgiving is just like you eat a bunch oh. of food like there are some ri- there are some rituals but not really any like <laughs> main rituals outside of just eating a shitload of food so yeah I wonder what that town would be like yeah, or or would it be like, you know, colonization? And... <laughs> Jack like opens the door and he's like, "Ooh, shuts it." He's like, "Scary." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. So from what I did read, I guess uh, Tim Burton was sort of uh, inspired by the phenomenon of uh, supermarkets and and stores, basically like between Halloween and Christmas, like seeing both things kind of up at the same time which oh, i actually i actually experienced that the other day uh we went to oh. meyer and like the the sort of seasonal section was like decked out fully in christmas stuff but then there's like a few racks here and there that have like leftover halloween costumes mm. for for people to buy like at a super discounted rate so the the two do coexist for like a few days and it is an interesting okay. phenomenon to see like those two things together. Yeah, that that's funny. That's I didn't I didn't know that. So what what what'd you think? You said that you haven't seen this one in a while. Um, yeah, I obviously like it since I watch it every year. So right. Yeah, I liked it. I had, I had a good time with it. Um, I do. There, it is remarkable how many things like sort of specific things I do remember. I remember being mm-hmm. creeped out. Uh, I think when you go through the Halloween door. And you see that initial, uh, like scarecrow, like kind of like moving as the credits roll by. I remember mm-hmm. being kind of spooked by that as a kid. Uh, I remember Doctor Finkelstein coming down the stairs, and like you can mm-hmm. see his shadow cast as he's coming down. He's like, "Oh, Sally." Uh, yeah. I remember like being kind of kind of creeped out by that as a kid. Um, I'm kind of surprised it is as as short as it is. I feel like. They kind of try to do a lot and sometimes yeah. it definitely like characters have like the characters are omniscient to just like move the story sure. along yeah. like near the end jack just immediately goes to where oogie boogie is and it's like how do you how do you know that how would you <laughs> i don't know i get I, I give it a little leeway because it's like a kid's movie but kid's he just kind of yeah, like right just shows up and he just knows exactly sure. where to go <laughs> i i mean i took the i i never thought i was like 
Oogie Boogie's just another resident of Halloween Town. It's just he's oh he's doing some sh- some shady shit. I guess so. He I feel I, like he's like an I'm outcast. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. The movie does move at like such a, a brisk yeah. pace, but but yeah, I did note that this is like this is primo efficient storytelling because it is under eighty minutes. Yeah, and man, it feels like you get a. Like you somehow it's that short and yet you get stuff with Jack. Sally has her own like side story. Yeah. Um, And then the whole like the main plot is like it's not just Christmas. It's not just him with that stuff and Santa. They also bring in a villain character with Oogie Boogie. Right. And they're able to resolve like all of these separate things in this short time. And then, you know, they wrap it up with a nice little bow of of the two of them like getting together at the end mm-hmm. and it's 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 crazy how how well they're able to like to to do that and you know it's not they're not the most developed characters but sure. as for like popular film for kids films this is like a a i think gold standard for like how to tell an efficient story oh yeah yeah uh, and I, and I, and i think it does a good job of keeping like children's attention too. Like I think the visuals mm-hmm. are striking enough that it's like there's never not some sort of fantastical movement happening mm-hmm. on screen in front of you. Yeah. And I some of the visuals in this are absolutely gorgeous. Like anytime mm-hmm. Jack is walking on that big hill and he's like silhouetted yeah. by the moon and like seeing the detail in like the the pumpkin patch that he's under, mm-hmm. it, it is insanely detailed. Like and, yeah. and, and and just knowing about claymation and how it works and how many like everything is like one frame move one frame mm-hmm. move it, it's astounding that it's even 86 minutes because that shit takes so long and to have yeah. multiple characters moving at the same time with all these little details it just it, yeah. it's it confounds the mind i literally can't imagine like being organized enough to be like move this one this way move this one this way move this one this way this has to move like this in order for it to all like it's like a it's like a fully choreographed musical with little mm-hmm. with little claymation puppets and like they're all moving in sync perfectly and it's just I, it's i my my bra- i can't comprehend it <laughs> yeah yeah for real it is in, like crazy impressive and there were there were some things that like i noticed like it like specifically about that the the craft of it this time like uh during i think the song's called poor jack it's when he's after his sleigh gets shot down near the end and he's like laying on the on that like tombstone in the graveyard and he's like you know doing like whoa like oh i i messed up Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and there's he like gets up and he's sitting on this thing and he's moving you know gesticulating he's singing and the camera's like spinning around him at the same time. So like not only did you have to, you know, like doing stop motion with a static camera shot is one thing, but a, a camera shot in to have motion. Cinematography. Rotating around <laughs> it. Yeah. Which also means like that set had to be like done 360. Like everything you see had to have been like crafted and done. And the other one is during uh, Jack's Lament, which is my favorite song of the of the entire thing. I I, I love that song. Uh, that's the one where he 
Uh, it's the second song of the movie. It's where he. It's the one where he walks up the hill and yeah. Sally's watching him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, you get that stuff. He's up there. He's moving around. He gets to the top of the hill, and then you get from you see from Sally's perspective. Sorry, uh, <laughs> like she's peeking from behind a tombstone, and it does like a very kind of Tim Burtony thing where everything you know from a particular angle, stuff is like elongated or distorted in a certain way. So they had to make the set in a different perspective just for like that one shot. <laughs> so like for the single shot where she's watching him, they had to construct this entire thing from a particular perspective to give it that weird oblong look yeah. that it has. <laughs> uh, and yes, the, the crazy amount of, <laughs> of work put into this. I, th- I think uh, I saw either on the wiki or something that it was like they got a minute of footage every week, I think was there. Oh, is what it said. <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah. Uh, so on the IMDb trivia, uh, I guess apparently the the most difficult shot to film in the entire movie is the shot in which Jack is reaching for the doorknob to Christmas Land. Viewers can see the perfect surround reflection of the forest around Jack in the background. Oh, so it's oh, I I didn't even really think about that, but like reflecting the camera and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess oh. apparently that's the most difficult one. Yeah, I guess doing any sort of like POV, like with reflection, it's like how do you get the camera? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because like that's something I would I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hadn't even considered just because again of just how well the movie's constructed. You don't think, oh yeah, they gotta. You know, that's something that they'd actually have to worry about. Because that's how cameras work. So yeah, it is a musical. And uh, usually mm-hmm. I'm pretty lukewarm about musicals. I They have to Same. really be special. And this one is great. I, and I think it is partially because it is Danny Elfman. And mm-hmm. I already kind of... I mean, I, I haven't listened to a lot of like Oingo Boingo. But, mm-hmm. you know, I love the Pee-wee's Big Adventure score. Like, I generally like his style spider-man he did the sam raimi spider-man movies and i love i love those those scores oh i didn't know that i mean i think i I might have but i didn't i don't remember how those scores go it's been a while since i've seen those oh maybe that's what we do for episode 150 the spider-man trilogy that'd be awesome (laughs) haven't seen all those in a long time maybe we could reevaluate the third one (laughs) yeah if it's any good but yeah, uh, I think uh, Danny Elfman is a great singing voice for Jack. I mm-hmm. think all of his performances are great. Uh, I want to coin a term, though, for musicals. And I, I think it comes from uh, our Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for, for songs that are just kind of blah and I guess are nice. The but Cheer Up Charlie. The Cheer Up Charlie. Because yeah. I think we called in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, I think that's what we called uh, What's-Her-Face's song that ultimately got cut from the movie, His yeah. Girlfriend or whatever. Uh, I think Sally's song is a cheer-up Charlie for me. That's what, you know, that's what I always thought too. That's Because uh, for the most part, this is like the first half hour or so, especially, it's like banger after banger yeah. after banger. But there are a couple of songs that, like, aren't to that level. But then, like, the bulk of these are, like, A or S tier. 
for like yeah. movie musical songs. They're fucking awesome. But there are a couple that slip below that. It's always been Sally's song for me, but I think the Cheer Up Charlie for me is Making Christmas. That's that's my that's my Cheer Up Charlie for this one. But it's I don't know. It might be like overall like watching the movie. It, Sally's song is is that one for me because I really like the scene that's happening mm-hmm. uh, during Making Christmas. I love the bastardizing of the Christmas oh, yeah. toys. Oh, I think yeah. that's so funny. It's so entertaining. <laughs> But it's just the song is that's probably my least favorite. Oh, song. okay. It's kind of balanced out by me enjoying the scene more. So yeah, if I was listening to the soundtrack, that's the low point making Christmas. But watching the movie, I'd probably agree with Sally's song because not much is happening visually, right? Yeah, she's just kind of just a, a little lament. Yeah, and like the whole the whole romance between Jack and Sally again, it's an eighty six minute long mm-hmm. movie feels sort of just like well we have to have a romance in this yeah so it's 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 the thinnest part of the of the story for sure because it's a kid's like it as long as you're you know you you roll with like what it's going for it's you know you can get to that final beat when they're on the hill and it still kind of works yeah you know yeah it's that that moment is really end it with a kiss perfect credits roll (laughs) yep yeah (laughs) Oh uh, man, I, that, I think that is one of my favorite sequences, though. Either like, th- yeah, like them bastardizing the children's toys, but then like mm-hmm. him delivering all of them, and it's just every one they the kid, open, like, holding up the severed head or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, that's my it's favorite. So, one. Uh, it's so macabre, it, but it's so yeah. funny too. Mm-hmm. Like the one, like they open it up and they're just like getting chased up the stairs by like mm-hmm. by like a snake and like a floating like doll it's like the snake the snake that's like swallowing the christmas tree and the yeah, kid's just yeah, like yeah. watching him <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so great and then it's like i don't think it's i don't think you're supposed to think about it this hard but christmas town has a military no no uh, no see, i that's that's earth right i mean that's what i always took it as oh that like basically halloween town christmas town are you know parallel worlds or whatever but like when santa goes out on christmas he goes to earth you know yeah you know i guess christmas town is the north pole probably oh i see i see what you're saying that's i mean that's how i always okay because i 100 percent interpreted like christmas town as elves and (laughs) as its own like basically like sectioned off reality yeah so then it's just like you hear and they've got like warheads and airplanes and they're shooting him out of the sky and I was like that's kind of a dark implication if Christmas Town yeah. like why would they why do they have a military what has happened in Christmas Town that they've had to like retaliate and they need armed forces but I understand what you're saying that it's like because yeah I guess when Jack does go there he like falls down the hill and then he sees like Santa's workshop and mm-hmm. it is it is sort of like a separate thing yeah, so that, that makes mean, sense. That's that's my interpretation. It it could be it could be either way. So I w- I was also wondering like what exactly like all you see for Halloween is them singing that this is Halloween and then they're like, "Ooh, I'm doing spooky things." Like, "Ooh, I've got <laughs> spiders in my hair" type stuff and and then they're like, "That was a great Halloween, everyone." And and um, then they just go back to like It's like is is their Halloween just like they <laughs> 
they just have a little party and they they do some some spooky stuff like what they do every other day anyways because that's how they live (laughs) so so my thinking was that like maybe they also kind of they go into the real world and they you know play tricks on kit you know they, they kind of like kids a and... like a monsters inc situation yeah yeah sort of yeah, yeah, yeah i guess it, during the the opening like kind of song or maybe it's like mm-hmm. this is halloween you kind of see like yeah. you know we hide under the beds and like mm-hmm. we spook kids so it's like yeah i guess that's 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 what they do every like 364 days out of the year yeah that is a great bit i feel like i see that posted the day after halloween online all the time there's only 364 days till halloween yeah yeah no he goes there's only three five days till next halloween 364 (laughs) (laughs) oh i love the mayor i think the mayor is one of my favorite characters just like he's so manic where like as soon Mm -hmm. as like one little thing goes wrong like his head switches and he's just like, this is the worst day of my yeah. life. <laughs> Where's Jack? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's uh, something I, I meant to mention too, when talking about how the, the, the efficiency of this movie of, you know, not only are you telling these like kind of multiple storylines, Jack wants to, um, to, you know, find the meaning of Christmas or the meaning of Halloween, I guess either way. Sally is trying to, you know, get in on that bony, bony Bob, uh, <laughs> and also like deal with her father, creator, weirdo. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Oogie Boogie and actually saving Christmas. But then you have characters like the mayor who isn't really crucial, but still really memorable. Like these totally and not like unimportant to the overall plot characters mm-hmm. that get a few moments and they are very memorable oh, and yeah. you know very fun they all they have their things you know he has the spinning head to oh yeah uh, you know signify how he's feeling at a given moment yeah he's like yeah. i'm an elected official i can't make decisions on my own or he says something <laughs> like that yeah and then like when when jack gets shot down over over christmas He's mm-hmm. like driving around in the car with a megaphone, just telling the entire town, "Jack's dead." <laughs> he's yeah, <laughs> he's been shot down. Thinking if the, if like the movie went any longer, this this like devolves into like a major conflict between the the different holiday towns when they find out that like yeah. if it was like Christmas Town has nuke has nuclear arms, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Halloween Halloween Town has to shore up their defenses and yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way with with uh, musicals too, and again, this is like take no other musicals. You, you know, you don't have to be bloated, and you know, yeah. two and a half hours. You can just, uh, just like, but it's it's it helps that it's good music too. And, and yeah, and and for the longest time, I uh, I didn't watch this movie as a kid. I may have seen it in high school. It may have been after high school before I first watched it. And part of that reason was because I was kind of averse to watching this because it was like, you know, all like hot topic type kids, like yep. kids in school who were yep. like annoying emos. And, you know, this is the greatest movie of all time. And like, I was like, no, it, it's I, I was like, no, I'm not going to watch it because of, mm-hmm. of that. 
I mean, you can't deny a good a good fucking a bop. Yeah. And like I said, like uh, this is Halloween is great. It's awesome opener. I love. I don't know. One of my favorite uh, like introductions of a character is like Jack rising out of that yep. pool of sludge so and the la la. It's yeah, really good. Into uh, Jack's lament, what's this? Is so good. I love mm-hmm. the town meeting song where he's trying to explain to them like the the you know this Every, is a ev- thing called a present. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and they're like, "Where's the claws? Where's the lock?" Like they're they're like trying yeah. to figure out like, okay, what's the hitch? What? How does it scare kids? Yeah, just like he cannot understand this concept. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The musical motifs that keep like reappearing Mm -hmm. in the in the songs throughout really helps carry things like like Sally's song. Um, I think that's kind of what made that one better for me watching it this time uh, is kind of paying attention to those recurring musical themes um, and how they pop up throughout. Like it's the same theme that you hear every time, you know, Sally's climbing down from the tower and you hear that tune that eventually shows up in in her song Um, yeah it's kind of a little neat little thing it's not like an easter egg it's just like yeah i mean music it's it's, (laughs) yeah it's a motif uh and and i think part of the reason that the score does work so well is that danny elfman i guess comes from like being in bands and like has that sort of background where like mm-hmm. if he was like a classically trained theater composer, I, I don't know. I, I've seen I've seen a handful of musicals, uh, a lot of them like when I was in college because I knew people in like the theater department. So I'd, I'd go see I'd go see musicals and I will mm-hmm. say I had a good time with them. Like seeing them in person is far better than like watching sure. them like, on a screen because like you're, mm. you're there. You're, but there is a certain I don't know what it is. There's a certain it's like it's like when someone sings and you can tell that they're like classically trained like it's 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 too good. It's too perfect. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's a sort of way. I think there's a, uh, a way that a lot of theater is written these days mm-hmm. that a lot of it sounds very similar. Like, yep. They, Performative. They, like these are purposely. These these, these are like the the cadences these are the mm-hmm. things yeah. that everyone yeah. uses you can kind of operate within these for the most part and you'll you'll mm-hmm. be totally okay it just sounds kind of generic and bland and i yeah. think danny elfman like as a songwriter and a performer these it, it like it doesn't feel like you're in a musical because it has mm-hmm. such purpose and it's very bouncy like it, it it feels it is a musical but it's like outside of that realm yeah, yeah, it's it's like the the music does not uh supersede the the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Cuz like when when Jack is singing Jack's Lament, there's uh I'm trying to think of the Oh, like the opening line is like, you know, he starts by singing kind of like in a normal. He goes like, there are a few who deny it. What I do, I am the best. For my talents are renowned far and wide. And he goes into that like he falls into that, you know, mm-hmm. Jack Skellington. I sometimes talk like this, and I am a scary skeleton man, yeah. so I have to have a deep voice and spook, you know. And he works that into how they sing. So yeah. the characters feel like their characters. You know, Oogie Boogie's song is uh, stands out from the rest because 
of Oogie Boogie as a character is so different from the rest of them. And so he kind of has more like a jazzy, like, I'm the Oogie Boogie man. Yeah. But that's how Oogie Boogie is. Yeah. You know, it's not It's not just when, when Jack starts singing, he doesn't just sing like, like you were saying, like a professional performer. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to sing normally. Like, there's cover versions of these songs where people do that. And it's just, it, it doesn't work. It's, you know, I like these songs because I like the characters. I've, I've, I love Jack. I think he's right. so fuck. I think he's so cute every time he like gets excited about stuff or like his, his interest in, mm. in Christmas is so like charming and endearing. Like when he's doing his little like science experiments on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like all and, the equations written on the, on the whiteboard or the, yeah. yeah and it's got like the, it's like 12 the square root of 25 like <laughs> yeah like he's yeah. like and i think that's such a good uh visual gag of just like he's reading he's reading like all of these christmas books and he's just like i don't get it i don't understand it and then he it's like common science is the textbook it's he's the, like aha the scientific method that's is what it is out. yeah yeah it's yeah. like aha <laughs> Yeah. If like, like I can't if I can't understand it emotionally, I can quantify it with science. Yeah. <laughs> I think the idea is that like, you know, you can't really answer why people love Christmas or you can't really answer why these things bring people joy, but him looking at it from like this outside perspective has to put reason to it. Yeah, yeah. Um when really if he just like laid back and you know, accepted it then it, he would have, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It might have still ended up the same way. I don't know. <laughs> there was a line in uh, What's This that I hadn't really thought about before, but there's a line where he, sa he says, What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You've been singing this whole movie. <laughs> what, what, have, what have we been doing? What do you mean? <laughs> it's like it's different when we do it yeah <laughs> is does that mean that like are they is the singing just for us does that is that not, people aren't actually they're not actually singing when they're singing oh I <laughs> yeah i guess so that could be it i do always wonder that when watching musicals because you know you got something like cats and i think it's clear that they are actually singing because that's like the whole point of that is they're doing a performance so right okay, sure but i guess maybe in this one they're they're not, but sometimes they are because Oogie Boogie, when he does his song, that's clearly like, you know, he's putting that on for Santa. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, th there is a sort of Ed Wood connection vaguely, but apparently because uh, just because we we made a, a point to notice that like Howard Shore had scored Ed Wood. Oh, okay. And apparently Tim Burton and Danny Elfman experienced creative differences during filming. And as oh. a result, Tim Burton had Howard Shore score Ed Wood. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think I think Danny Elfman felt very strongly about the character of Jack and like how the story played out. Hmm. Just just kind of from what I, I've gathered, like, I think Danny Elfman is like, I resonate strongly with the mm -hmm. character of Jack Skellington, uh, and I think mostly because 
I think he felt pigeonholed as like, oh yeah, you're the guy from Oingo Boingo, and like that's <laughs> that's that's you. Mm-hmm. And I think he wanted to like branch out, you know, beyond that. And I I think he sort of resonated with that idea of okay. just like sure. I can do other stuff. Like I've been doing this for a long time, and it's like, man, but what do I really want to do? I'd be interested to see what his like what what he would have changed or what he didn't yeah. like about it. I I wonder if it's because if my thinking maybe if if that is the the angle that Danny Elfman was coming at this from if it's because uh maybe he didn't like that Jack settles back into his original role. Yeah, that could be. I I don't uh you know, I, 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 again, I think it works for like what this is, but there is, every time I watch this, there is a part of me that's like, but what if he did change? That's not bad too. You know, that could have, you know, he's lost, but, but the movie's answer is like, don't step out of line. You know, right. you're the Halloween guy. You're not the Christmas guy. So you're, you're do that. And, you know, thankfully he comes to the realization at the end that like, this is what I love doing, but I wonder if Danny Elfman, if he's kind of feeling out of place or like he wants to to set a different uh, yeah role for himself. He's like, well, no, I I do want to change. I do not want to just be the Halloween guy or whatever. Right. And and it's like, I don't know, you, you could almost interpret it like he has a greater understanding of the world outside of Halloween town. And though maybe mm-hmm. like Christmas town isn't exactly for him, he's at least versed in like, Oh, this is like another culture, another thing that's mm-hmm. going on. Like, he's, yeah, you know, he's, he's still a little more fulfilled while still doing, uh, you know, his Halloween stick. Yeah. 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 I only really took like a couple notes for this. Me too. I mean, it's just it's it is, so brisk. It is a short, it is a short yeah. movie. A lot of it is music too. <laughs> so beyond being like, yep, I like that song too. I like yeah. that song. That one's the the cheer of Charlie. Do you, do you have a, do you have a favorite song? Oh what? <laughs> Sorry, there's a great uh, IMDb trivia here. Though okay. Locke is the leader of the trio. Yeah. It was not until Kingdom Hearts his leadership was actually confirmed. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, do you know who, who voices all Lock, I Shock, see, and Barrel? I yeah. did see Paul Rubens on there. Mm-hmm. And then Which Catherine O'Hara voices that, as well as Sally. And then Danny oh. Elfman's the other one. That's so awesome. Danny Elfman voices another. I, I heard that uh, every time I watch this, it's so hard to tell, too. Because I really try to pay attention to it, because um, I don't, you know, but People might not know that Danny Elfman does the singing voice of mm-hmm. Jack Skellington, but Chris Sarandon uh, does the speaking voice. Yes. Um, and they cast Chris Sarandon after Danny Elfman on purpose to have someone to match his singings. Like, they wanted to have somebody who sounded like Danny Elfman when he sang, I guess. Yeah. And they picked good because... There's, There's very like, little, like subtle differences. Little differences, but it's pretty close. It's it's pretty like I think they picked a good they picked a good uh yeah. al- alter- alternative or whatever. 
Yeah, which is is funny because we just saw Chris Sarandon in Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. So two wildly different performances from him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In in terms of a favorite song, see, I, I'm I'm not trying to be like, oh, I like this is Halloween or what's this because those are like the big ones. I'm like my 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 impulse is to be like, I need a I need a a a, a deep cut. But mm-hmm. I mean, between those two songs are like fantastic. I mean, it might be yeah. this is Halloween because I think that is. I think that's the most memorable bit for me from mm-hmm. from watching this as a kid, just like opening that door into like the Halloween world and just like the the, the huge cast of characters doing everything. It's so iconic. So uh, it's probably it's probably yeah. my favorite one. Yeah. No. I mean, I I think you can pick pretty much anyone, and they're it's it's solid. Jack Jack Clement just like I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's it's like it's one that like I wanna feel like I do feel like pretty emotional when I hear that song, but also I'm like it's such a like basic like children's story. I'm like I can't like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I can't like cry at this song or something. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I think it's a really really beautiful song. Um, yeah, I mean I and like the way that that song is shot of him wa- like him walking through the graveyard while Sally's mm-hmm. kind of trailing him. Uh, I mean, visually, that's like probably my favorite segment of the entire movie is mm. just how cool that whole that whole sequence looks. Yeah, I just I I like the whole you know the singing about you know feeling lost and it's it's a it's relatable. Yeah, you know everybody feels lost in life at some point. And then my other is a uh, uh, the town meeting song. That's that's got to be my second. I I lo- I love the the conversational nature you know like we were saying like when he's like you know this is a thing called a present and then they're like he's like holds up a stocking and they're like is, is there, there a foot in it yeah is it rotten and covered with gook <laughs> <laughs> yeah little russian nesting dolls yeah yeah and then ending with him like Oh, okay. I'll give them what they really want, and he's like describing, you know, and they call him Sandy Claus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every time Jack like furrows his brow and like has like an angry look, it's like mm-hmm. it's very creepy. It's very yeah. unsettling, especially when like he opens his mouth and his teeth are huge, and it's like, yeah, oh, he he's he gonna... can be menacing when he needs to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, yeah. And his, I, I love his, his variety of, of like laughs and like, after he does the Sandy Claus, he's like, <laughs> it's like very exaggerated or, or when he's like excited near the end, he does the like, <laughs> that really high pitch stuff. It's really good. And yeah, it's just a, another, uh, I think point to, to like good character design where you can have that. So like him feel so menacing so that you know when he shows up to oogie boogie's lair at the end oogie boogie is scared of him right he's like oh shit jack is here uh but then also at least i i know i'm not the only person can also find him very like sweet and innocent when he's interested in christmas and stuff it it's a you know having both of those things in, in one character who is a featureless skeleton man is pretty pretty cool (laughs) yeah i guess just like his his like natural curiosity for 
things about the world outside of like his his understanding and -hmm. just like you know again like going back to like doing science to try and like figure it out like he's so dedicated to figuring it out yeah it's it's almost like a like proto uh barbie like the barbie movie oh kind of yeah finding out about like outside thing having kind of an existential crisis about your your role in the world and interesting sally is ken reverse ken (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm so right i guess i don't know i was trying to figure (laughs) out that i'm just ken you know i'm I'm, I'm all right but she's i'm 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 so it's all right sally i don't know like i'm kenough or whatever yeah yeah but yeah (laughs) all right yeah good to go to scores yeah yeah this is a a very very good animated movie it's a very good musical it's a very good stop motion and it's pretty pretty good on on all fronts i went with a nine for it uh it's short and sweet it's a it's about as short and about as sweet as you can get for for Mm -hmm. what you what you're presented with yeah everything just kind of works and also just stop motion animation is is very impressive so just yeah. on, on that alone it's uh it uh is cool but then you got some good music some fun characters and scenarios on top of that so uh it's a nine yeah 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 boy i'm bet- i'm somewhere between an eight and a nine i think i think i'm gonna go eight uh i had a good time with okay. it all the characters are are very memorable. I think just like watching it more analytically, I'm just like these this plot doesn't make sense. This the the hmm. the relationship between Jack and Sally just I guess like watching it analytically, I'm like, eh, it's kind of thin. It doesn't really Jack's need toxic. Jack's a toxic masculinity <laughs> guy. Uh but yeah, like you said, the stop motion is is wild that they did all of that with no CGI whatsoever. And then it like lost to Jurassic Park. I guess yeah. that year, which I mean but Jurassic Park tough. Yeah. That that's Jurassic like Park a, is like really good CGI, but this is like mm-hmm. entirely practical. Yeah, I mean it's Jurassic Park is like it, it's, it's, it's it's a little apples a, and oranges. This is a this is a, a dog day afternoon versus one for the cuckoo's nest situation where it's like you have two like very good choices. Yeah. yeah. Very like but like I mean Jurassic Park was revolutionary for yeah. for what they did in there. So Oh yeah. It's fair. But yeah, the the animation and the stop motion and everything about it is just it's crazy how detailed it is. The songs are great. It's another great Danny Elfman score who knocks it out of the park. This and like Pee Wee's Big Adventure are two of my favorite film scores. That, like, again, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that score is so perfect for that character, and like that, mm. it 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 gives you that sense of whimsy and wonder that like you know it, some pretty crazy shit happens, and it you still it makes sense, and like that music kind of nails that in for you. But yeah, the, all the songs in this are great. Uh, Sally's song was like meh to me, I guess, but I guess. That's just a theme with this show where I'm just like, anytime there's a romance subplot, I'm like, just get it out of there. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, everything else about this is great. Uh, really makes me want to watch another uh, Henry Selleck, Tim Burton movie from my childhood with probably one of, if I can, if I remember correctly, one of the scariest visuals I've ever seen in a children's movie, uh, James and the Giant Peach. I'm, I meant to shout that out earlier. Yeah. It's been a long ass time since I've seen it, but I remember like watching it over and over and over again as a kid what's what's the visual it's, i think it's I, like for me a, it's been a while since i've seen it it's too. like a giant flying rhinoceros Ooh. and it's just like shrouded in black and i think it's just it's got like red eyes and it's like running towards the screen every time oh. they show it oh yeah shit, i forgot that was from that movie yeah it's yeah. horrifying that and like the nothing from a never-ending story are yeah. like just scary ass things from children's movies but uh yeah yeah henry selick tim burton good combo mm-hmm. it's an eight I, I i like it a lot we're 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 well into november now but this, this was the the very tail end of my halloween mm-hmm. movies i watched the first one like on halloween but i watched the the two terrifier movies which were worse were something <laughs> uh the i actually like the first one i didn't rate too highly um but i still like had a good time with both of them um they're just they're slasher movies the, the killers this this creepy guy in like black like monochrome clown makeup called art the clown um he doesn't speak but he's very uh emotive i yeah, guess I've, I've seen clips of him like yeah like, like, like doing that kind. yeah yeah and the the story like okay i'll just say the first one is like it, there is no fucking story there's no story no characters it is just <laughs> an excuse to have this guy butcher some people for like 90 minutes. (laughs) Um, and to that effect it's you know, it it gets the job done, but it's so paper thin that I, I was like every time we weren't seeing somebody get brutalized, it was, (laughs) it was boring. Um, I mean, he's, he's entertaining. He's he's fun. He's actually the most fun in that first one before he starts killing anyone. And he's just kind of like he's just kind of following the the two main girls for a little Mm -hmm. bit. They like go get pizza and he like walks in the the pizza shop after them and he's like sitting at a table across from them. And that's where he's like making some of those faces like waving or whatever. Yeah. And then like one of the friends goes over. She's like, he's not he's not a threat. He's like, don't worry about him. And then she goes over and she's like, hi, hey, we, you, you want to talk to my friend over there? She's like kind of getting in his face. Like, you know, we know you're looking at us. She's like, can I get a picture with you? I love your costume. And like the whole time she's, she's talking to him. He's like, <laughs> just has this like dead look on his face. I know that's a, yeah, it's fun. But then I feel like in that one, once he started killing people, it got a little too repetitive of like, they see him come around the corner and he smiles and he waves at them. And, um, but very brutal. And that, the, is, the direct- that is the one thing that I've heard about him is like the, the gore effects and the kills are like 
over the top insane. <laughs> Definitely over the top. <laughs> uh, the, the director has even like said that they're basically a vehicle for him to, because he does like the practical, the effects all himself, I guess. Mm. Um, and they're the movies are basically a, a vehicle for him to do his gore effects, and they're very good. <laughs> They are extremely over the top, but they're so fun to watch. And yeah, some people, especially with the second one, said that like they, uh, you know, it's like the goriest movie they've seen. Like it's it's definitely incredibly bloody and very gory. But like for me, it's so much easier to watch these movies than something like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something like, I, I guess Bone Tomahawk, although I, I also oh, really like that movie. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in the first Terrifier very similar to, <laughs> to the scene in, in Bone Tomahawk. Great. But it's like but it's like he uses a hacksaw and it's like as he's cutting, you'll see that like he the guy's like actually doing it because they actually have like a fa- like a dummy person there and so right and like so it'll get snagged sometimes, so he'll have to like it like oh, man. Uh, Yeah. Um and uh but it's 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 a lot easier for me to watch this stuff and like i it's hard for me to say like is it the yeah maybe like pound for pound or liter for liter maybe there's the most blood spilled in these but it's not as hard for me to watch as something that is a bit more grim because this because it is so like you're kind of laughing along with it to the point where it's yeah. like it's gruesome but it's so over the top you it, it just draws out that laughter reaction so it's like yeah. yeah okay this is this is silly kind of yeah it's i mean you're gonna like cringe especially at there's a killer too in the second one that is like oh cool oh. <laughs> 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 they're fucking rough uh and they just there's one in particular that just goes on for so long like it's a good minute or two of him just Doing just about everything you can to a person's body, <laughs> like kill wise. I mean, great. Like, there's a part where like he like holds the girl's arm up behind her back. I'm like, okay, he's gonna you know he's gonna break her arm, right? And he does that, right? He he's like holding her forearm, and he goes, boom, snaps it. It's like, okay, gross. That's what I thought. But then what he does is he goes back and forth and just <laughs> wrenches it, and he's like, uh, 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 oh, until. Man. Until he can rip her entire arm off at the elbow. Oh man! Yeah. So it's 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 shit like that where it's like yeah, incredibly over the top. And then uh, <laughs> the second one I I enjoyed a lot more because again it's not super complex, not super deep, but like there was actually like a a story to follow. There were characters that had some things going on yeah like for a for a basic slasher movie i thought it was a lot of fun but long it's like 220 and it's it's not even hard to see where you could get it down to at at least under two hours if not closer to that 90 minute mark if that was 90 minutes that would be a great slasher movie, like a really great slasher movie, but it's just yeah, and it's like these movies don't long. need to be that long, yeah, because because the high points are the the kills and all that stuff, or or like art, 
just kind of doing his thing. The guy that plays Art is great. He's he's <laughs> so fun. Even even when he's just kind of doing his thing, he's just kind of hanging around. There's there's a part where like he follows the the main girl to a to a to a Halloween show. She's getting her Halloween costume and she leaves and then he he's like in line behind her and then he goes up to the counter and the guy's like he's just kind of like messing around with the cashier and the guy's like are you gonna he's like are you gonna buy something and he's like just like pick something off the rack and like puts it down and then he's like okay that's you know two dollars whatever so he like goes into his bag he he always carries around a giant black uh like garbage bag that's just full of like rusty tools <laughs> um <laughs> uh, and he's like going through it like throwing all this stuff out like like cartoonishly like woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and then he like pulls up he has like a, a handful of change and he's like you know coin by coin uh until the guy he's bit he's egging the guy on to get pissed off at him so then he can of course murder him <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah I'd almost say just like skip the first one unless like, yeah, maybe watch the first one as like a primer. Sure. Um, just as you know, if you don't want to invest the entire time for the second one, but I still think the second one is a lot better. Mm. And okay. the first one hardly, hardly matters mm. uh, for to get the second one. So yeah, I'd, I'd almost honestly almost just say start with start with the second. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, they're fun. I'm definitely excited for the third one. I was which just is about to say, it's a Christmas-themed one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Well, they I did- mean, the, the art, the movie art is him with uh, Santa's hat on, and he's wearing Santa's face like a yeah. necklace, like the skin <laughs> yeah. of his face. Yeah. Almost like... Some like with Jack Skellington, <laughs> kind of kind yeah, of similar. That vibe. is funny that we transitioned from that movie to uh, a different kind of nightmare before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Apparently they they did a they did a re release of the second one like last month, and they had a a sneak preview for the third one at oh. the end of it, which is cool. Assuming it's around, I'll I'll probably try to see the third one in theaters because. Uh, I'm hoping it's shorter. I, I hope that maybe he just got a little overindulgent with the second one. And now he'll he'll reel it back with the with the third one. Yeah. Um. Because really, if you got the energy and the you know somewhat storyline that you have with the second one, but condense it, I think you could get something really great out of it. And that concludes my Halloween season. <laughs> oh, it's finally done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I guess what sort of concluded my Halloween season, I almost didn't even, it wasn't even intentional, but I've been watching, I've been going through like King of the Hill, just kind of watching from the beginning. Oh, okay. And uh, just randomly, uh, while I was at the gym, I watched, I watched it on my phone, and uh, Halloween was one of the episodes, <laughs> and uh it, it, it basically there's like a fundamentalist Christian lady who shows up and tries to cancel Halloween and convince everyone to come to like her angel party instead of a Halloween party. <laughs> and mm-hmm. basically it's like a tug of war between this lady and, and Bobby because she convinces, she convinces Bobby that Hank is like a Satanist. 
but yeah. uh, the the lady was voiced by Sally Field, mm. which is it was fun. But uh, I almost wish it would have been Kathy Bates because her character model was almost identical to like Kathy Bates in uh, Misery. Oh, really? oh. yeah, it was, mm. it was kind of a it was kind of a fun episode. Uh, there was like there's like some that show kind of has tender moments every once in a while, especially like between Bobby and his dad, where yeah. at the end. She's like, Bobby, if you go with your dad, you're going, you're going to go to hell. And Hank, who there's like a flashback of him uh, trick or treating with like a, a young Bill and, and, uh, and Dale and, and uh, Boomhauer, which I mm -hmm. love whenever they animate Hank and them as children, because it's basically taking the same head that they use for their adult bodies <laughs> yeah. and putting it on a kid's body. So they still yeah. just have these huge ass heads. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but it shows them you know he's like basically like you know you guys have to you know do Halloween the proper way and it's like them as kids like toilet papering and egging houses so like Hank wants Bobby to follow in that tradition but she's like telling mm -hmm. telling Bobby that you know her his dad's a Satanist and like Hank is wearing his like devil Halloween costume from a kid so he's like literally walking around with like a pitchfork and like the mm -hmm. the red spikes and all that but at the end Bobby Bobby he's like I don't care about candy. I just want to do the Halloween with my dad. I was like, oh, it's kind of like this tender little moment. But uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a good, fun Halloween episode. And I guess that's the conclusion of my Halloween season. Till next time. All right, we are on. <laughs> we are on to the dud. Yeah, and a special guest. And a special guest, which uh, which you can. You can yes. talk about. Yeah, so every once in a while, um, there's this, uh, it's like, it's a sort of like Tinder for podcast kind of deal where like you can make a profile, say what your show is, and then other people can message you based on that. But uh, someone reached out to us. Uh, his name is Luke Ferris. He is apparently a, a Grand Rapids native, so he's a Michigan guy. He's, you know, he kind of has a connection to the hometown. But uh, he reached out and uh, wants to do uh, a dud. And the dud that he picked was, it's called Timeline mm -hmm. from to 2003, directed by Richard Donner. Uh, right. It's got, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Paul Walker in it, Gerard Butler, Billy Connolly, David Thelwis. Got kind of a stacked cast. Uh, I don't know too much about it, but apparently it's a dud. We'll we'll see where we land on it. Let's see it, but uh, yeah, I think it's available on. You get it's available for rent at all the normal places: Amazon, Apple TV, Vudu, Google Play, whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's really like streaming on anything, unless you have. Like, Doesn't look like a premium like, subscription or some stuff. Yeah. 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 So rent it or find another way to watch it. It's an old enough movie. You could probably find it online for free somewhere. Yeah, I don't buddy. think like I don't think the, the feds are watching for illegal piracy on timeline. <laughs> but uh that's that is the movie next week with uh, a guest, uh Luke Ferris. Sweet. Who probably has more stuff to plug, but I don't know it offhand. I think he does a couple podcasts. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll, 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 we'll yeah, get yeah. a spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and you, you know, a lot of these, like, kind of forgotten dud movies, they pop up on YouTube. You know, people will just do, like, <laughs> uploads. So, you know, <laughs> worth it, worth a check or Tubi or something. Um, oh, yeah, Tubi. Because sometimes even, like, if... Sometimes I'll notice, like, after the fact that stuff will be on Tubi or... Uh, what's the other one? Like, Pluto. Even if it's not oh. listed, if you, like, search it on Google, sometimes... Sometimes, not every time, but you know, every now and then I'll, I'll notice, Hey, that is on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. Timeline. Cool. Watch it, uh, at one, at, uh, one of those, watch it somewhere somehow before next week's episode. If you don't want to be spoiled for it, for that movie, um, these episodes come out every Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. EST on uh, Twitch and YouTube in video form, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more in audio form. We also have social pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And with all that said, I'm the... Oogie Boogie Man. I'm Damn. the TG Ouija Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TJ. And with me as always. As always, I'm just driving around town telling everyone that my boy Jack Skellington's dead. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I am Nick. And there's only. No, that doesn't work. It's not three hundred and thirty. They no three hundred and forty some, something days. Some amount of days <laughs> until <laughs> Halloween. This is hard because we're doing it at a date, and this will come out at some date in the future. Oh yeah, so you got to skew it for like another like thirteen days or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's some amount of days until Halloween. Yes.